So how the fuck have you been? It's been like fucking decades. Holy shit, I know, man. I've been life's good. It's uh it's a little surreal where I'm at, but life life is fucking good, man. Uh how about yourself? You know, it's it's cool, it's good, you know, things happen, but like so where where are you at these days? Like what's going on with you? Um so I'm now a suburbanite. I've left the uh, confines of South Buffalo and ended up in the promised land of West Seneca. Um <laughs> All right. It's sort of the, the trajectory of the South Buffalo boys dream is to move on up to West Seneca. And I, and I that. Um, so I'm just uh, married now, um, run my own business. I run a gym. Um, it's not a normal gym. I work with a lot of competitive lifters and young athletes mm-hmm. developing them. Uh, so I pretty much spend all my time just at the gym coaching and kicking it at home. And we just it's actually tomorrow's actually the six-year anniversary of the facility opening so it's been a whirlwind but the past couple years have been calm but things are good man good to hear so how did how did the gym make it through covid <laughs> no bullshit watching a lot of cold is life and Madball videos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like like that that's no bullshit um so the hard thing was was coming from so i was a chef for a long time so yeah you know and i coached a lot of those years so one of my one of my friends who helps coach me now she was just kind of like i think you have like work capacity more than anyone i've seen and i go well when i was chefing and coaching i go i would you know we're talking like a true day off where i didn't have to do either i go about once every three months i'd get a day off yeah all of a sudden I'm home 24 seven and going nuts plus the business and all that. So I'm um, honestly watched a lot of old bands on uh, YouTube and just sort of reminded myself that some people are just fucking built a little bit different. And I just sort of became determined that for everything I've been through in life, I, there's no way that that in the government's going to keep me from doing what I want to do. So we, we've got a really good culture. So I knew about a week ahead of time shit was going to hit the fans. So um, when it did, I basically emptied my gym. I told everybody, if you want to keep training. So basically, um, I get paid not just for the gym membership, but like I coach people and I train them. Mm-hmm. So I pretty yeah. much told them, if you want to keep training from home, let me know. We'll keep the programming going. If you need anything, it's yours. Come take it. So yeah. within about a month, my facility was empty. Um and it had allowed enough revenue to come in to, to just pay the bills. Um, I wasn't able, able to pay myself. Didn't really yeah. get help on that end from the government. After about a month and a half, I got unemployment, and that really helped out. But um, yeah. we, we were able to survive um, and bounce back and legit came back stronger. But it was, as I said, man, a lot of just digging back to some of this shit from 15, 20 years ago and those experiences and just like, fuck yeah. this, man, I'm making it happen. So what, what is your, um, like, what do you, what do you, what's the, the like programs and stuff at your gym? Like, what do you, 
What are you fucking with? What are you using? What are you doing? Uh, my primary thing is Olympic weightlifting. Um, okay. I did it not very well. I was pretty fucking bad at it. Um, but I've been coaching that for about 20 years. And so that's sort of the bread and butter. We've got a little bit of power lifting there where one of my friends helps coach. And the latest avenue of growth is working with like high school athletes, like young kids, as young as 12 or 13, just coming in and um, trying to do that to get better at their sport. And okay. it's kind of fun because I get some of these kids for four or five years and you get to kind of watch them grow up and kind of kind of help guide them. You know, they're 14, 15 year old kids and they're not bad kids, but sometimes they cross the line and maybe say not mm -hmm. the right thing. And, you know, I'm real quick to pull them aside real quietly and be like, yo, that's it's not cool. That's not how we act. Yeah. Um, yeah. So which is sort of a, a good feeling to be able to do. You know, I've made, you know, I've got, you know, I can think of one person right now. I think I coached him. I 2007 he was a state champion wrestler and this is 16 years ago my phone still mm -hmm. rings once a year from him nice just, just checking in seeing how i'm doing you know let me yeah. know what he's up to. so it's sort of a cool feeling but yeah that's our bread and butter so nice. for those who don't know uh what is the difference between powerlifting and olympic weightlifting all right powerlifting is what most people think of it's uh bench press uh back squat deadlift those mm -hmm. are the three competition lifts. Um, Olympic lifting is snatch and queen and jerk. They're both basically off the ground and going overhead. Okay. It's the uh, crazy shit that's in the Olympics that looks really frightening and really freaking scary. But if, if you learn it right, it's not that not that dangerous. So so it's like kind of tipping off of that. Like uh, sounds like CrossFit just kind of combined the two. So CrossFit has been like man. They've done wonders for the sport. So CrossFit uses elements from both from both of them a lot, like gymnastics, kettlebells, rowing. And they sort of just put this in this big amalgamation and use that for conditioning and strength. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, without CrossFit doing what they did, I, I don't have a gym right now. Like, you know, years yeah. ago, USA Weightlifting got a head coach. She was a former uh, Olympic champion world record holder from Poland. And they were like, you know, Zygman, you know, how do we get like better lifters? And he just goes, or, you know, how do we get more international level lifters? And they were waiting for like these, like, you know, coaching secrets. And he goes, well, just get more people lifting. And everyone just yeah. kind of like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? And <laughs> back then, I think membership for the organization was around 3,000 people. Fast forward, now it's up to about 32,000. Wow. And no shit, we've got some really good international lifters in the country, and it's gotten enough where I can, you know, no longer do this as a side hustle, but do it as a business. Yeah, it was great. Been, yeah, it's been, thank God, man, because I do not miss being in the kitchen. <laughs> Before we go any further, we didn't do the intro, you know, just talking to this random dude about weightlifting. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the latest episode of Nickel City Soundtrack Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Chris. We're talking to I'm the not... we're talking to defender of truth, Steve oh, Titus. <laughs> Steve fucking Titus, man. <laughs> Fuck. Fresh off of a show a few days ago. Yeah, man. Right, really? you made you you made your return to the fucking Buffalo hardcore scene. You're you're on the fucking Nickel City soundtrack. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I SBYC's when... coming back. <laughs> <laughs> God, hope not. I think I lost enough money back then. <laughs> um, you know, I had been to, to shows here and there over the past few years. Um, it's definitely been part of part of the life that I kind of miss. Mm -hmm. um, but that night, that night was sort of a reminder of like, shit, yeah, man, it's this, this is still going on. And it was just a surreal night. Um, 
you know, as much as, like I said, I've been to shows here and there that this one kind of felt like, kind of like it did. Um, it was pretty cool to see some old friends and yeah. see some great bands. And I think something that Keith pointed out just to see so many generations there was just unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. It's a good, yeah. mix of, good mix of kids. You know, it wasn't just a bunch of old people, you know, at a yeah. show. A lot of young well, kids. I know back like when I was like, you know, in the, the mid to late nineties, it always kind of struck me that like you go to shows in Buffalo, there's no old guys there. Yeah. Like everyone was like 28, 29 or younger. And then I'd go to shows in New York and they're like 35, 40 year olds there. 40, like yeah. those guys are now like 55 and 60. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's the fucked up thing to think about is. Yeah. Like, and those guys, some of them are still doing it and it's, you know, it's, was pretty cool to see a bunch of old guys out at, at that show on Saturday and see the young ones and not like see any kind of like generational friction or anything like that. It was just a chill, awesome vibe of a night. Definitely. Agreed. 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 So, um, so do you cook anymore at all? Do you cook at home? Oh, nonstop. It drives my wife batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Does it's, she cook uh, at all? Or do you just no, love um, cooking? Do you so, give her a chance to? So here's the deal. Um, my wife is a really good baker with desserts. Like she's badass. I cannot hang with her. Um, with normal like food, like dinner, lunch stuff, she's killer following recipes. Mm -hmm. um, we we eat separate. She eats kind of like bland and plain, and I go batshit crazy um, every week. Uh, so I don't really cook for us. Once in a while, I'll cook dinner for her. Uh, once in a while she'll cook for me but yeah i cook non-stop at home like she just shakes her head because she's you know real simple like mm -hmm. for her food is calories in calories out and if you want to know like an example of how so like nuts it is at my house we were uh in columbus ohio about a year and a half ago and we're like in a market and we're like in a spice store and i'm like hey babe i have more types of paprika at home than they have for sale here and she just rolled her eyes <laughs> she's, like, she's like yeah i know <laughs> so but uh she puts up with it. She pretty much treats the kitchen as my domain. But yeah, I, I cook nonstop. One of the reasons I stopped chefing, um, I just, the demands of the business got to the point where I didn't even like to cook anymore. That's yeah. a bad spot to be in as a chef. And as soon as I got out, like just that passion for food and cooking came back. So yeah, I still cook nonstop, but no more in the business. What are you holding there, Chris? I see what you're holding there. there. <laughs> You'll buy hate. Oh my god, you still have that? <laughs> Holy shit. So I did not still have this. I actually okay. bought it at a record store here for like a dollar. How? Where? How did that someone uh, have that? Limited to one had like a bunch of old zines. And this was amongst them. That is oh my god, that's insane. That's pretty cool though, how it can get that far for so long, you know, like be out and about for 30 freaking years almost yeah <laughs> it's like kind of like that's one of those things that like i know i did but it's not at the forefront i remember a couple years ago and uh buried alive played downtown i ran into vogel and we're bullshit and he just start, looks at me he's like fuel by hate and like punches me i'm like holy shit yeah i remember that <laughs> Dude, that's awesome what's going on in there chris what are, what are you reading What's, what's a defender of truth, truth and and uh the killing time one jumped out at me for killing time the method it starts with i really hate to do this <laughs> you can imagine that the rest of the review is not good 
<laughs> you know what? Here, this is surreal. Uh, actually, while doing office work at home today, I was rocking some killing time. And a few years ago, I, I did a full circle on the method, and I, I actually approved that album now. So, oh, really? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say it's up there with Brightside by any means because that's sacrilege, but it's a solid it, album. It hits different being older. Yeah. You know what? I'm it, glad you said that because I think I'm realizing that a lot as I'm getting older that shit's a little different. Shit yeah, it, it, yeah it, it hits different because I remember not being a very big fan of the method back then, but I listen to it now and I'm like, oh, okay, this makes a little more sense. You yeah. know, I think if that came out on its own, it, we might have appreciated it more then. And but when you're comparing that and putting that up to Brightside, like, yeah. well, just, I mean, Brightside no is concept. like that's a no, that's, that's a no contest. Yeah, that's on a whole nother level. I mean, that's like an all time great album. So. You know, yeah. how do you, like, I don't think it's fair, you know, at our age, we realize it's not fair. You, you can't compare what the band does next to that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think Method's a great album. It really, it's solid. I just saw Killing Time uh, two days ago in Syracuse. Uh, you know what? Pub called me that morning just to touch base and he mentioned it. And I'm like, dude, I go, Killing Time's probably the only band left that I never saw that I really wanted. Really? So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much the Bruisers, more of like a oi, like street rock band, um, than on the hardcore genre. But the, the Bruisers and Killing Time are, I think, the only two that are on that list of man I've never seen and wish I did. And I just, Pub's like, well, if you can leave in an hour, we can go. I'm like, dude, I have to work tonight. I'm like, fuck. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he sent me some. Uh, he sent me some video footage and shit. They they sounded good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, it's 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 funny because Killing Time like. Um, when, uh, they did the benefit show for, um, Nate Voorhees, uh -huh. they were fucking awful. Like so uh -huh. bad. It was comical. And, and this is like 2014 or 15 or something like comically bad. Yeah. Like, uh, dude is singing different songs than what they're playing. Oh. Like there was a point where he wiped his face with the set list, <laughs> and and then he was just like, oh, comically bad, and like we were just like, what the fuck? And uh, they played like uh, this is hardcore after that, and it was like quietly going to be their last show because it was just like because that was such a bad show, and they were so fucking good that they kept oh. going. <laughs> yeah, like fucking weird. And they're fucking so weird. Yeah, they were they were really good the other night. It was a good time. The singer was dressed so like comically before they played. Dude, that's how he dresses. Wait, that's <laughs> was, how he dresses. It was like it was just like he was like in disguise. He almost looked like he was in disguise when he was in the Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's wearing like a Groucho Mark Marx mask. Because <laughs> like the totally. glasses and the mustache, like, totally. it's like, like, what are you doing, man? Uh, like, whose dad is that? Like, right, right. Like, that's what I first thought when I first saw him. Then I realized who it was. I was like, whose there dad was, is there that? was a guy, and I'm I'm not saying it was him. Yeah, but there was a guy. I was going to a show, and there was a guy in some car, and he has like glasses and a mustache like that, and the license plate said Hard R. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and I'm just like, like. What the Wait. fuck am I looking at? <laughs> and I'm not saying it was Anthony. I'm not saying that. It was just like what? coincidental. At least I hope it wasn't. 
<laughs> but I was like, like, what the fuck is this? So let, let's 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 go back to the beginning for Steve Titus. So so tell us about you first discovering hardcore. Oh man, I total accident. Yeah. Um being a kid of the, you know, I graduated high school in 94 and being of that era, that was like when alternative was like sort of like fresh and felt alternative. Um, and I was going to see bands play like first band I ever saw was uh, Dead Milkman. My yeah. sister's boyfriend took me. Um, so it's kind of obviously into some, you know, some of that stuff. I think I went to see, I think it was like the Google Dolls played downtown and Snapcase opened. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. One of those regular yeah. release shows or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was at that, um, on the corner of church in Maine, like that, that place that like Jim Kelly used to own. Network. Yeah. Network. Network that's it. Yeah. No, no effing clue staff case were, and they played in like jaw on the ground, like holy shit. And yeah. didn't know much of it. And Mark, as you know, I didn't drive for the record for audience. Mark is the one who taught me how to drive when I was almost 20 years old. <laughs> so for the record, I still don't drive. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is so I was waiting in the bus station to go home and someone who went to my high school was like a year ahead of me was there. And we were talking, I told him I like Snapcase and he said, gave me a flyer and I want to say they played on it. I don't remember, but I know Envy played and it was like a month or two later. And I went to that and just, um, it just sort of whatever clicked. Like I grabbed like a, an MV tape that day and just was like blown away by and didn't know shit about the culture or the genre, just the music and the attitude. Like, yeah, really, really kind of hit home. Um, and it sort of was just a downward spiral from there of like, you know, being a kid who never fucking like felt like he had a tribe or anywhere to go. Like, wow, here's another bunch of fucking people like me and just, shit this music's pretty fucking good and that was it like it just sort of took off from there so it was just really dumb luck cool was that show the show that you got the flyer for was that the show did snapcase play that show or not or do you remember i can't remember because it was I mean, it was it at ub it was at ub yeah snapcase it was snapcase envy and tremendo shout okay, out shout out ubr that's what <laughs> that's what i thought because i remember it was envy i remember it was at ub yeah I wanted to say Snapcase was on it because it was coming from seeing them with the Guru Dolls where that dude yeah. from my high school was just like, hey, you should go check them out. So, yeah, that was the show. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that was it, man. That that was it. I was pretty much hooked from there. Yeah. That's a good that's a good start. Because I think I think Tremendo Play opened that show and they covered Breakdown the Walls with Scott Sprigg singing. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So <laughs> that was an interesting yeah, memory I, from way back then. I don't I think the only thing I remember from that show is getting the Envy demo and if I'm not mistaken I had like an orange cover on the tape cassette mm -hmm. and just throwing it in my Walkman on the way home and like oh my like, holy shit this is pretty awesome and like just yeah. kind of got kind of hooked um yeah you know especially like so I didn't like get into hardcore and become straight edge like kind of already was and I didn't do it I didn't drink or smoke or do anything in high school yeah. and I was Never felt like I had a tribe because of that. And like, here's this band kind of talking about that. I'm like, oh, okay, there's there's other people out there. That's cool. So I think that's what I remember is that demo and that resonating with me. Like, holy shit, man, this is this is like something I can actually relate to. You know, yeah, that's, I one, think that, yeah, that's one of the cool things about like, I never talked about that before, but like, you know, finding other people who do what you do 
but then yeah. you find them and they do it and that's cool rather than like you trying to do something that other people do it's yeah like it, it hits differently would you say that chris or what do you, what do you what yeah on that? yeah no i i i agree because like a lot of times with genres of music you you try to be a thing yeah rather than like you being the thing and finding other people who do the thing, and then that's what you do. Well, it, it, it also, like, the the other genres of music are genres of music. Yeah. Hardcore is, like, a lifestyle that has, that, that music is a part of. Kind of like how, like, hip-hop is a lifestyle that music is just a part yeah. of. But, yeah. like, the others, they're just genres. There's something that you talk about you know, at work, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's fodder for podcasts. Like this is a lifestyle. But what about, yeah. what about like fish? People like fish. Dude, that's a call following. That's not a lifestyle. Yeah. That's some other shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you say that Chris, cause you know, my wife is not at all from, from like the hardcore scene or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been friends for a while. We've been a couple it'll be a decade in september we'll be married been married six plus years i can't for the fucking life of me explain hardcore to her like <laughs> i tried to like oh it's just another music scene i'm like no 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 it's not um you know i was kind of kind of bummed like of i think saturday night would have been a show i would i wish she could have been at um i yeah. think that would have been like hear a bunch of old friends babe like this is what it is. Um, unfortunately, she was two weeks post-surgery. She had to get a hip replacement, and there was no Whoa. chance I wanted her in a room that packed. Yeah, um, yeah. I would have been, you know, even uh, for a couple of the bands I was sitting in sort of like the union family section just to stay out of the way, and even there it was packed, and I would have been so worried about her. Yeah, but yeah. It's, so, it's so hard to articulate to her what it is and, you know, that it's not just the music, that there's sort of an ethos and a lifestyle and this sort of, like, connection that you feel with other people from it. And it, it's so hard to articulate to someone who wasn't there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hate the word culture, but it's a culture. It is. It absolutely is. You know, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that because it's not like a force. It just sort of, it is this thing, and it's a beautiful thing when it's done well. Yeah, we yeah. Always, when when Judge came back, like like my ex wife, like she didn't like she isn't like she she kind of was a hardcore is, but we went to go see Judge in New York, and like Mike Jeffers' wife had to explain to her why it was so important for me to go to New York to see Judge, <laughs> like kind yeah, of break it like, back because they were friends, and she he, she broke it down to her about why it was so important for me to go see you know Judge in New York and why yeah I had like, to do it you know well I remember like actually I think I have the poster here if i can pull it up to the camera if that's working from negative approach from 2017 when they first came back they played in detroit oh you went oh hell yeah are you nuts there's no way i'm missing that yeah that that show was maybe the only time in a hardcore show where i've ever legit felt you know what I'm a little afraid right now. <laughs> like, I was not in the top 20 big guys in the room. Uh, my <laughs> friend little Chris looks at me at one point and he's like, Titus, there's at least a dozen hardened ex-felons in this room right now. Um, yeah. This was when there was all that beef with Cole, his life with the new singer and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of friction. And one of the guys, I think one of the original iterations got rolled from the front and the back by two dudes. 
it got broken up. The left side of his mouth is gashed open. My man pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking on the ungashed side. <laughs> staring at the guys. I'm like, fuck this, man. I'm staying real well behaved tonight. That, that's a whole other level. Like Detroit in and of itself, I've been there a lot, is, is a different world. But that show was just like, oh, fuck this. Yeah, that was – when that came out, there was no way I was not going to that. And, you know, how do you explain, like, why you had to see them in Detroit? Well, that's yeah. why to get that feel. It was – There you go. To this day, one of the best shows I've seen. I mean, those guys were in their 50s and made almost every hardcore band I've seen look like a Mickey Mouse club act. It was unbelievable. Were you the youngest person yeah. in the room? Me? Nah, I think there were some younger ones there. I was probably like middle of the pack. Okay. Is this what it is? Is this 16 years. I was probably about 30, 31 at the time. Yeah. We're probably middle of the pack. But yeah, like you said, like how do you not go to that? Like that was just Yeah, sometimes you, know, you gotta go you gotta go do stuff sometimes. Yeah, you know, I'm hopefully now that life is settled in with the business and marriage, the plan is to be able to do that a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Very cool. So, uh, do you, so you already talked about kind of your first show. You saw Snapcase and and the Goo Goo Dolls at Jim Kelly's club. <laughs> Jim Kelly's club. It's about as so Buffalo weird. as it gets. That's so Seeing weird. Goo Goo Dolls and Snapcase at Jim Kelly's club, like <laughs> opening for the Goo Goo Dolls, nonetheless. Yeah. So right, like weird. it doesn't get more Buffalo than that. Yeah, it's so freaking weird. Um. So let's talk about. Let's talk about your your your. Uh, let's talk about the SBYC. All right, because you guys at that time, like you guys, kind of put together a little crew, and you did a bunch of shows. I just noticed yeah. that you guys did the last despair show. I guess that, I I guess I knew that, but then I I just it, saw it, someone it, post it, it hit home last week. It hit home last week. That yeah, yeah like. So to anybody not from the area, of South Buffalo might as well be its own city. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's its own little culture. Um, mm -hmm. As much as my wife denies it, and I didn't divorce her when she once tried to explain to me that South Buffalo isn't a real place. So where is she from? Uh, she's from Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, it's its own place. Trust me. And dude, so so obviously, like, I grew up in Buffalo, lived in Buffalo for many years. And I think I went to South Buffalo twice because it's a fucking different goddamn place. It's you know what, uh, Mike, who is an SBYC um, Canfield, is so there. There's a couple different little pockets, and we grew up off Seneca Street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And his dad looked at it, looked at him once. He goes, "Here's the thing, boys. You tell someone in this area from South Buffalo, it means something. You tell them you're from Seneca Street, it means a little bit more. It was a tough, chippy part of the neighborhood." Yeah, it's so, like when I tell people like I grew up on Ken Bailey. That means something. Yeah, like that's like oh, okay, you know, yeah. that fucking means something. But outside of Buffalo, they're like, what, Ken Bailey? Who the fuck is that? Yeah, who is Ken so, Bailey? Kensington and Bailey. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, I'm just joking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's Ken Bailey? Bailey? So, so Mike, and, so I, I moved to Seneca Street. I think at the end of seventh grade, beginning of eighth grade, around that, and I actually grew up around the block from Mike and Chris Canfield. So we knew each other when we were kids. Mm -hmm. um, about a year or so into going to shows, Mark, I, Mark, myself, and a couple of people, we went to see Fugazi in Rochester. Oh, yeah. And um, I ran into Mike Canfield there. And we were just yeah. like, I know you. I know you. And so me and, and Chris started hanging out again. There was his cousin Paul or his cousin Ray and their friend Paul. And it was just, you know, we're the only five hardcore kids from South Buffalo. We just mm -hmm. rolled real tight. Um, 
you know, my person, I grew up around the, like, we still lived around the block. We both went through a lot of, the three of us went through a lot of shit together and always looked out for each other. And we just mm -hmm. started rolling together. Like the whole cone of the crew was just sort of like, to be honest, it was like sarcasm, sarcasm on, or sarcasm on my, my part. Cause someone's yeah. like, Oh, it's the South Buffalo crew. And I'm like, no, man, this is hardcore. We're the South Buffalo youth crew. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking stuck. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, you know, we were just like five friends who just hung out and went to shows. And that that was pretty much it. Nothing more, nothing less. And then um, eventually wanted to, wanted to start doing stuff for the scene and started trying to do shows, which we did for two, two and a half years or so. Yeah. Um, did a bunch of them, yeah. some, some really, a couple of really memorable ones. Some, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, that, that was pretty much it. It was just a, just a few dudes from the same neighborhood who all like to hang out together and go to shows and it was yeah. pretty, pretty simple. So yeah. what, what was the best show that, what was your favorite show that you did? <sighs> I think it's gotta be a two way tie, um, for different reasons. One was the, the last despair show. Mm -hmm. um that was the band that you know as i was getting into it that that's the band that hooked me mm -hmm. like that, that band just they hit and i saw them a lot and was lucky enough to become friends with those guys and you know it, which was really you know it's part of that culture is you know this is a band i really like and we're friends we hang out we bullshit on the phone and mm -hmm. if i remember i think i had that show already booked and oh. then Scott, and then Scott called and was like, "Could you put us on it? It's going to be our last show." And like, mm -hmm. my heart sank because it's their last show. But I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that that's an honor. I, I will do that." Mm -hmm. um, and we pulled that off. So that just what despair meant to this scene at that time and to me as a person, um, that one really meant, <clears throat> meant a lot in Warzone, just because it, it's fucking Warzone. Mm -hmm. I regret really to this day not going to that fucking show. Would you work for something, Chris? Something like that? No. So, so, and I, I feel like I've said this before, but maybe I haven't. Mm -hmm. But, like, 87, 88, 89, particularly 88, 89, I fucking loved Warzone. Like, I became a fucking skinhead because of Warzone. Like, I fucking loved Warzone. Don't forget the struggle I listened to, like, every day for fucking ever. Open Your Eyes came out, and it was, like, half good, half bad. Yeah. Then the third record came out. Does that really And it was, exist? like... Does it really yeah. exist? <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, not on Spotify. It's not real. But... <laughs> so, that... that I bought the U.S. Oi comp, because, you know, skinhead. And Warzone redid Don't Forget the Struggle on that, and it sounded like shit. <sighs> so, when I heard the third record, it was, like... Yeah, this is what they're doing. And then everyone denies it. But they started doing interviews where they were talking about how hardcore's dead, all this other shit. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck Warzone. And at the time, I was like reasonably friends with Tony Victory. And Tony Victory was like saying about how like that was the 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 third Warzone record was like a betrayal of hardcore it was the worst fucking thing he ever saw. It looked like a Raven record, like all this shit. And then a couple years later, Warzone is back and hardcore and on victory. And I was like, you know what? Fuck all that shit. I'm not yeah. fucking wasting my time on this shit. At the time, I didn't like those victory records. So when Warzone came through, it's like, oh, they're just going to play that shit. So I didn't go. Yeah. 
And then I don't know if we lived together or not, Mark, but I lived with both. Mm-hmm. And he came home and he was like, dude, you fucked up. They just played Don't Forget the Struggle. Pretty yes. much. And, and and I was just like, fuck. And then he, he passed. He fucking dies like three months later. Well, it yeah. was so. So there's some background stuff with, you know, besides it being Warzone, like, I think they're supposed to play Canada the, the day or the a day or two before. It was up in Toronto. They couldn't make it over the border. Mm-hmm. Okay, no big deal. Get back hanging out with a friend, uh, a couple of friends from here, a uh, friend from Canada. We're at my house. I get a uh, uh, answering machine message. It was either from Rabies or from someone else going, yo, we're having problems at the club. You need to get down here and fix this now or the show won't go on. Whoa. Okay. What mother, I'm, like, I'm like, get in the car. We're fucking going. So we zipped on there. And we go and like Rabies is just like, he's tense. And like things had calmed down. I'm like, what's happening? He's like, basically, they were trying to set their merch up on a pool table. Oh, fucking Dan uh, flipped out. Dan flipped out and yeah. wasn't respectful. And Rabies is just like, he's got to understand. I'm like a firecracker. I'm, I'm going to go off. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 we're good. We're good. So we get it all fused down. So I'm like, okay, heart calms. All of a sudden, he's like, hey, uh, can I talk to you outside? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> Real side, and I'm like, I'm fucking 21 or 22 at the time. Like, so we sit down, and he just looks at me, and goes, "So what's going on in Buffalo, Steve? We haven't been here in 10 years. What's going on in your scene?" And just wanted to sit there and talk about hardcore in Buffalo. Well, yeah. And what really sealed the deal was we had to sign a contract for that show with like guarantee. Mm-hmm. Cool, I get it. Meal buyouts, snacks, towels, all this shit. Again, I'm yeah. going to go back to I was like 22 years old. Yeah. We bought them some bottles of water, some cheap towels, gave them like some bags of, tip, bags of chips and shit. And uh, that was it. And we think, okay, we're good. We're good. Got their guarantee. We're good. Yeah. At the end, uh, their bass player was just like, so are we doing the meal buyout tonight or are you doing the catering? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> and Razor, I'm like, we don't really have that. I'm like, you know, we this, this, and this. And Ray's like, don't worry about it. He goes, that contract, that shit for that, that's for club promoters who, who like want to book my band to make money on them. You're just a kid doing a show for your scene. As long as you give me my guarantee and some water, yo, we're cool. Don't worry about it. Nice. And I'm like, yo, that dude's backing up what he talked about. Yeah. And that nice. that really hit home to me. Like, like this dude does give a shit. Um, so I think that that show really stood out for that reason. Um, you know, I love Warzone. They meant a lot. I wouldn't say they were one of my favorite bands, though. I love them. Um, but just seeing that dude at that point still living it and still having that ethos of, yo, you're just a kid doing something for the scene. Don't worry about it. We're good. Um, that, that's cool. just, that meant a lot to me at that time. Like that, that was really inspiring, you know. Um, that, that was really inspiring. So I think th- those two shows for those two different reasons are probably the ones that, uh, they they really stand out, and obviously there's some personal reasons in there for both, but I think those two stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, those are two solid ones. Yeah, definitely. Were there any SBYC disaster shows like where shit didn't go <laughs> well at all? Um, I don't remember any. But I don't think I don't think we had any unmitigated disasters. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it's so weird working with bands. Like we, we book Converge, and we were supposed to get them like X amount of money, 
Yeah. And like no one showed up and we gave them like a hundred bucks yeah. and they were like over the top grateful and thanking me. Yeah. They're yeah. like, I can't believe you're getting you. How did you get this much? There's like 20 kids here. Thank you. Like that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Like that's really cool. There, there's another band that they kind of set their guarantees between X and Y. Mm-hmm. And we gave them a little more than X and I caught shit for not giving them Y. And that really fucking stung. Uh, I'm like, you, you want you want to say who it was? Because I'm curious. You know they gotta be long gone by now. Um, I don't know if it would be fair because I don't know if it was the whole band or just the drummer. Um, we can beep band. it out if you say we it. Beep it out. Okay. Oh um, yeah, that that kind of, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I, if I'm not mistaken, that was drumming at the time. I think within two weeks on that tour, he quit the band and left the tour. Yeah. Um, so we gave them a little more than their minimum. And I'm like, explain to him. I'm like, look, I'm not making a dime on this. We paid yeah. the club. The two traveling bands got $100 each to come from Long Island. You guys got a little more than what you asked for. So I found out background info uh, the night before they played in Detroit. They didn't get a ton of money for that. So what they did at the club in Detroit, uh, Andy from Earth Mover was telling me, when you came in, they were like, who are you here to see? And the club would yeah. sort of decide who get paid based on that. And no one was fucking there to see. Everyone came to yeah. see her. So I think there was, they were trying to make up lost ground. And again, I don't know if it was the whole band or just the drummer. So I don't want to like, you know, poop yeah, on yeah, them. Yeah. And I know it kind of was a little bummed out. Um, bummed me out a little bit. Again, I'm a, I'm a 22 year old fucking kid at this point. And looking back, I realized, dude, I was a kid probably in over my head. Yeah, we just, yeah. It was like a VFW post, and we just rented a, a PA. And I know he's like overheard him doing an interview for his zine, you know, complaining about having the PA and how hard that was and all that. And I'm just thinking, like, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, um, yeah, I hear that. You know, what was really cool though was uh, was it Earl from Discovery Records? I think it was yeah. Earl. I, yeah. Earl, yeah. So, uh, he was also bitching about people smoking around the doors or some other shit, like just bitching about something. Earl basically pulled him aside and was just like, dude, fuck you. This is just a kid doing something for the scene, man. What the hell is like, not, not like confrontation or violent, but basically was just like, dude, like read the room, like, man. This is just some right. kid trying to do something for his scene. Like, what do you, like, what is your problem? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, well, he was probably complaining that it was, like a hardcore show and not like a show at a club with a back room and, and all yeah. the amenities, you know, like that's probably what his problem was. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if it was him or if it was the band as a whole. Um, you know, the, the tender I got, it was mostly him. All the other guys in the band were actually pretty nice and pretty respectful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, that was sort of just like, like probably the one just, you know, because, you know, you're giving someone more money than they ask and they're still giving you shit. But no, I don't yeah. think we ever had any disasters. It was, yeah. you know, just weird over the years. Like, honestly, the, the the nicest band package I ever worked with was when Blood for Blood and Stigmata came through together. Yes. Like, that show I had to work. And I'm bummed about that one, too. That show was fucking killer. It was. It was great. It's what they I heard. were like, the nicest, most appreciative, chill dudes you'd ever freaking meet. Like, <laughs> like, it was like unbelievable. Like, you know, like those bands, they have that reputation. These guys are mod- like, mm-hmm. dude, they were chill as fuck. Like super respectful, super appreciative. Yeah. Um, I remember a couple years later when Jeremy Smith was booking shows and he had Madball um, play at the Continental. Mm-hmm. And, and talking to him, and I know Jeremy wasn't a fan of them, but he was like, 
those guys are so nice to work with. Yeah. And it's like all these bands that have like the worst reputation, like some of them, like they're like the coolest fucking dudes to work with. Just like be respectful and upfront. They're great. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. Really... It was sort of, sort of weird seeing that like a little, you know, for lack of better verbiage, you know, behind the scenes stuff with some of the bands. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you sort of get a little different perspective on stuff. So it's it's really rewarding when you see those ones that live up to the ethos and that are chill as fuck. But it's a little heartbreaking when you get the other end. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Madball, if anyone is out there, go check. I know, I know Hoy is not in the band anymore, but freaking Hoy is freaking shredded as fuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking so good right now. I think I saw like Ruben post a picture of him on Instagram or something. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Awesome. He he used the pandemic time well. He did. He did. Yeah. He definitely came out a better person. But he also he also has that new band, Smoke AD. Oh, he has new he has a new band? Yeah, he's really leaning because he like the smoking word podcast. Yeah. He's really leaning into a brand. Okay. okay. Good for Hoya. Good for Hoya. Very oh, cool. So okay, so SPYC. So yeah. um let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about your 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 first band, No Way Out. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know that smile on your face as you were bringing this up. Yeah. I knew something was coming. Yeah. I don't have a lot of memories of that, to be totally honest. Um, Where'd you find those guys? I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll let you be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll let you be. I think they might have even already been a band and needed a singer or something. Like I le legit don't remember much of that. This isn't even me trying to, to get out of this because I'm 47 and married, so who gives a fuck what I did back then? Like, yeah. I, I don't have a lot of memories of that. Like, I don't even think I have, like, any of the music or anything. Like, I just... I got a I tape somewhere. I, I got a No Way Out it's tape not, somewhere. I have, a, I have a feeling Jeffers probably has it. We'll probably be selling copies of it ASAP. Yeah, he'll, as soon as he hears this episode, he's going to, like, post a picture of it on his Instagram. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on I, the CD. I have a feeling <laughs> Jeffers that's does. <laughs> Classic core records. Oh. <laughs> no yeah, way out. So, so again, I think that just came down to being a young kid wanting to do shit and yeah, you know, being pissed off about life in general and wanting to like, scream my head out and not knowing anything about being in a band at all. To was there it. how many shows in No Way Out played? Do you remember? Two, maybe three. I know there was one at the Mercury Theater, but I'm trying to think of where else. Yeah, we ended up like, on like the Channel Four News or some shit for it. Oh yeah, was that because really? you guys played that show? That show opposite the uh, the Hitler's birthday party show, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> that was an interesting day. <laughs> it, was an it was an interesting year and a half or so for the Buffalo scene in general, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have? Did was there any backlash from that? Like from from those types at all? Like uh, not really. I think someone told me like my picture might have been on one of their websites as someone to go after. Oh, really? Yeah, I think someone I heard asked, that. And I, someone asked me, is afraid? I'm like, no. And they're like, really? I'm like, I'm the smallest fucking dude in the picture. I'm okay. <laughs> I was just sort of like, it was like, like, uh, 
Me, I think it was Eric Warner from Rochester and this dude Heavy who used to roll from Rochester. Yeah, heavy. I'm, and like I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm the small, I'm the smallest one. We're good. I just let it roll off. I mean, I know around that time, Chris from SBYC ran into a couple hammerskins at the Galleria, and he had like his Buffalo Straight Edge windbreaker on, and they like mm-hmm. followed him out to the parking lot and had words. And oh, really? Chris being Chris, Chris just didn't give a fuck and basically told them they were idiots, and there's just no back down in that dude whatsoever. Um, Man. I didn't realize that yeah. was still around then. Were they legitimately hammer skins or were they just like bash dudes playing games? I don't know because there was a lot. My guess by the behavior was they were bash dudes playing games based on. Yeah, because like the, the Chris things I heard about, about the hammer skins, skins, that's they're like, oh, you're not backing down. Cool. We're going to put you down. Yeah. yeah, that so that that's sort of like you know knowing what I know now a little bit more about that that stuff like yeah I'm gonna guess they but you know from I wasn't there that was Chris kind of telling me just yeah. identifying what he saw on them, um but yeah that shit was nuts for like a year and a half two years a lot of this is under uh, categories of stories the wife doesn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, definitely stories the kids I coach in the gym don't ever catch wind of. <laughs> Um, it's speaking, kind of cool. So one speaking of, of that, lifters, one of my newer lifters is 32, and she's actually into hardcore and a hardcore kid, which is pretty awesome to have her in the room. Oh, so once cool. in a while, I can drop like a little gem of a story uh, and her, just see her go, "Fuck yeah!" Some <laughs> <laughs> like, of the other kids would be like, "My coach is fucking nuts." What is your bu- business called for just so uh, WNY Strength and Conditioning? Okay, because I shot that wedding for your, one of your lifters. The other day, yeah, awesome. And it was cool, and I think her mother sang your praises as well, like because of all the stuff you've done for her daughter. I think, yeah, Kara's like that's like you know that's the crux of that facility. Is it's sort of like a culture, and I think I think realizing now like how much hardcore really affected what I'm doing a is a business in a positive way. Like, yeah. It's, and it's it's not like a conscious thing. I think it's just like, you know, how hardcore formed me as a person. Like, mm-hmm. so for example, like in my gym, if, if you're a high school athlete and you come to me and you're like, you know, hey, Steve, I, you know, I play football. I want to get better for ball. Cool. Once a year, I will take a night off and go watch you play in your game. That's cool. make that time. And to me, that's just part of saying, yo, I'm, I'm with you, kid. I'm not just taking your money. Like, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Um, that sense, you know, I got a really nice Christmas gift yesterday, a little handwritten thank you note from one of my lifters. And it was just basically like not to open up, open much. She goes, I have, I have deal with some mental health issues. I deal with anxiety. Like your gym is the one place I don't deal with that. No matter where I'm doing, I go in and I come out and I feel better because mm-hmm. I just feel welcome and supported there. And again, that goes back to that sort of hardcore ethos. Yeah. So, like, you know, as I'm getting a little older and more retrospective, I'm realizing that a lot of that shit I learned from the community is like it's it's carried over in other aspects in a really awesome way. And yeah, you know, Kara, Kara who you did the video for, or photos for, is one of those. You know, I remember like you know she rolled through COVID, kept training, and, mm-hmm. and she had some back issues coming to me, and we always made sure she was healthy and made sure mm-hmm. she was taken care of, and it wasn't you know, mm-hmm. and all, all those little things. So yeah, it's you know pretty fortunate to to have that and to have that kind of culture and background there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's cool that like when hardcore kids can take that into the real world. Like I think that's what we're supposed to do. Not it's, you know, not not become rock stars and stuff like that. I think we're supposed to like take it into the world and you know what we've 
bound here, I guess. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's my opinion, though. But you know, people can do whatever the fuck they want. But you're on to something there. You know? I think that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take what we, you know, and go into the world with it and spread what we do. You know, use your I mean, use the ethics in your business, and that, I think that shit's cool. Rather than that, hit me Saturday night at the show. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my life is very different now from the South Buffalo days. Like I, I run a business, I'm married, yeah. you know, I live in like live in the suburbs. Like for fuck's sake, I go horseback riding once a week for a hobby, like, <laughs> like which is like the least South Buffalo thing ever. And this is like this life that 22 year old me never would have visioned. And there's this feeling of, I'm going to go to this show and just be like, I don't belong here anymore. Like, dude, you don't belong mm-hmm. here. You're one of us. And instead, like, you know, like like Sprig, seeing Sprig and him at the end as we're saying goodbye, just look at me and go, dude, I'm really happy for you at the gym. I'm I'm, I'm proud of you. And like nice. Matt Roberts was giving me a little hug and going, dude, congratulations on the gym, man. That that's really awesome. Like, very cool. It was really cool to be like, no, man. Like you you can be successful outside of life and carry that ethos. Yeah. And not not lose that roots because there's been that fear of, did I lose that that side of me because I'm kind of like living this relatively normal life even though I think I'm still a little fucking nutty up top. I just hide it love. So, you know, but it was cool to see some of these older guys just be like, yeah, man, congratulations. You're like, you know, that yeah. you're doing good stuff. So, Chris, I got an idea for a NCS podcast t-shirt. Oh, boy. So, you know, they have the Rick to Life on a horse. We got Tyus oh, yeah. on a horse for an NCS podcast t-shirt. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> hey, and, and, and to piggyback off of Springs and Matt Roberts, it's great to see where your life has gone and how you've grown. Yeah. Thank you. You know, like, I, I know, like, the beginning of our relationship was a little questionable all those years ago. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's been from a distance it's been a joy to watch you grow into who you become and 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 you know like you know i'm friends with bethany your cousin and i like ask her about you and stuff you know like it's it's yeah man like honestly that that means that means a lot it truly does like i don't think there was ever like disrespect between us or anything like that i think it was a lot of that you're an older guy. I'm a young kid with a loud mouth who didn't know what the fuck, you know, and just, yeah, you know, it was just misunderstandings. Like it was just, I know it was a, uh, I was an older guy and yeah. like there were things that a lot of you guys were exploring that was new to you. That was five years ago for me. Yeah. You know, uh, and again, as I'm older now, like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I get it. So honestly do that. That truly means a lot, lot coming from you. You know, because you were one of the older guys that, like, you know, we did talk. We were amicable and had some great conversations and all that. Yeah. Um. So there's never, like, the schism or the friction. But, you know, it, like you said, like, it's, I think we've all grown up a lot. And I think, like, I know I look back on a lot of relationships I have with people back then. Be like, oh, man, if I wasn't such a stubborn dick, it probably <laughs> But, like, at the time, that's just, you know. I was 22 years old working 70 hours a week and always pissed off. Like, rational thought yeah. processes. Like, we're not. Yeah. You know, we're we're not part and parcel of the day, but you know, truly thank yeah. you, you know, because it's it's yeah, been man. an interesting road to get where I'm at. Yeah, it's it's been a joy to, to see from a distance. Definitely. So let, let's talk about the other band that you did. Kid, I got something to say. Ah! 
Let's talk about revenge and oh. what and wh why that didn't kind of happen. Well, what, what's up? So I got to say before you go into this, I, I know it's, it might be a little bit of a sore subject, but that demo was fucking awesome. I agree. I, I agree. Like when when Galvin played it for me, he was like, yeah, this is Titus singing. I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Like it was so fucking good. I love that demo. Um you had a lot of strong personalities in that room. Yeah. And mm -hmm. With Ruben and Jay Galvin, um, a lot of strong. Who's the drummer? Um, Joe, I can't remember his last name. He was the drummer from Pride. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> okay. Joe Pride. Super good dude. Like, he was cool as fuck. But you talk about, like, the, the strong personalities of, like, Joe and Jay. When we recorded that demo, they bring, brought someone else in to play his parts. Because they didn't think he was playing mm. it well enough. Um, I think looking back, there's a lot of stuff I could have done to work harder to be a better vocalist and keep up with them. The thing is, those two guys were, especially Jay, was a wicked, talented musician. Ruben was talented. I was just the dude screaming in the mic trying to, you know, fake it till I make it. Um, yeah. And I think mm -hmm. their expectations were like, we're in a band, we all need to be like at yeah. that level, and I wasn't. Um, so when things changed and they decided to re-record it and have Mike from Pressure Point, uh, who I awesome dude, like mm. I was almost flattered that like this is a guy like Pressure Point's a really good oi band. I really like them. I'm like, this guy's gonna be singing my lyrics. Like, I'm fucking cool with that. Yeah. Um, that said, like, I've heard from multiple people that are like, yo, uh, not for nothing, that version with you is w w way better. I'm like, yeah, no. I've never I've never heard that other version and I really it's, don't have an interest in it. It's good. Um but fuck yeah, I wish that would have worked out. Um, totally. So I, good. Alex Burns <laughs> sent me like a zip file of it, which I have no idea how to play. So my, <laughs> like it came and I'm like, like what am I going to do with, I don't know what this is. Um, <sighs> you know, that's something, you know, like if I, if I had a copy, I could play like that's something I would want to share with my wife and be like, yeah, you're. I think we can, I can text you like the files maybe and you can play them if I did that. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, text them to me too because I don't have them. All right, <laughs> yeah, I definitely yeah, have I, them. I, I thought those songs were were unbelievable. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I just remember a lot of late night practices. Just like you know, Ruben. I lived with him a couple of times. I don't see him or talk to him much, but like mm. I love him like a brother. Like you know, yeah. with so many good memories with him and Jay. I lived with him and. You know, oh fuck, man. Yeah, it's heartbreaking because those those were five great songs. I think if we could have had our shit together, we could have done some really cool stuff. I yeah, think that shit was really, really, really cool. Yeah, I mean that's sort of like fuck, man. That that's that's the way shit drops, though. I mean, I, mean, I think we're gonna throw that in the end of the episode when we uh, when we uh, put this episode. Oh, absolutely. Out. That that'll yeah. be the music at the end of the episode, definitely. <laughs> That like I that was just like that shit was just awesome. I, I think we could have done some great stuff. I think it would have been I think that band would have been out of control alive. Because I think that music had that good energy, that good live energy. Definitely. Um, you know, I was wasn't old then, so I had energy and I know <laughs> <laughs> like I I know Ru I know Ruben would have brought it like a motherfucker for those shows, but yeah, yeah. I mean it's one of those it's a bummer the way it ended, but yeah, that those are five songs I'm I'm pretty damn proud of. Nice, that yeah, yeah. That's people need to hear that shit. Like, if and I, you know, know if I had a label, I put it out. But yeah, <laughs> and that's just just good.
Yeah, it was just really good, solid, hardcore music. Yeah. Um, But yeah, fuck, man, it didn't work out, but that shit was still something to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What we created, the world of our own, a place for the outcast to feel at home. We spent our watch being fueled by hate. Finally found others with whom to relate. And everyone thought we were being fooled. Cause we never gave a fuck about being cool. Now I found brotherhood so close to go. And this world of ours is what matters the most. I have seen its eyes, I've seen its blows. Those were times I had nowhere else to go. Like this is it was amazing. <laughs> Dude, it, it, it was like it was like such a shocker. Like when I heard it, I don't remember if you played it for me first or Galvin or where it came about. Mm-hmm. But it was just like like fuck, man. Like, what are you gonna do with this? Like, yeah, you can't just you can't just let this like die on the vine. Like something needs to needs to happen with this. Happens a lot of bands though, Chris. A lot of bands write songs, wonderful songs, and then they just don't do anything with them. <laughs> yeah, this, I, I know. It's I a hardcore thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, just again, the, the strong personalities. Um, yeah. Combined with my inexperience as a vocalist, I'm going to air quote musician because I'm not mm-hmm. one of those, especially compared to those guys. Okay. Um, it's not a surprise it ended the way it did, but it, it kind of sucks. It, it would have been fun to at least do one or two shows, but you know, it's still hey, you still can. <laughs> <laughs> you still can. Revenge reunion. Oh my god, yeah, that band that never played 22 years, 25 years later. Yo, I'm trying to do oh. these these Sunday matinees at the at the rec room. We could have we can we can get a revenge reunion going. We'll be sick. Oh. <laughs> oh, glad seeds, because I have a feeling Ruben's gonna hear this in two days later. My my phone's gonna start going off. <laughs> like Titus, I got I got a room there. We can I can come into town. We can we can hammer some shit out. I got a drummer. We, got, we, we gotta do this. Do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely see Ruben doing that, that. That music that music was freaking killer. Yeah, it um, was definitely. It really agreed. was. That was music to be proud of. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah that, absolutely. That was, that was at a time where, to me, like, Buffalo Hardcore was kind of in a lull where, you know, I think to me, like, Buffalo Hardcore took a, like, a, took kind of a dive after, uh, right around, fuck, when was, I think there was a show we were supposed to run right after the last Despair show. Yeah. It was, like, I think, supposed to be Blood for Blood or Stigmata or something like that. It never happened. Yeah. Because Dan just turned into an asshole to deal with. 
And it just felt like, you know, coming off that despair show, like, yes, this is like that hardcore energy to go. And next thing I know, it just felt like, at least to me, that suddenly Buffalo turned into more of like, yo, where's the party this weekend? Oh, who's hanging out? And I'm like, fuck, like, you know, Eric Warner, one of the best compliments I think Buffalo hardcore ever got. He came to the Ignite show. Mm. He's looking around. He's like, Titus, I don't feel like I'm at a hardcore show right now. I feel like I'm at a fucking plumber's union meeting. I really like this. <laughs> this was like us kids, us cats from South Buffalo and Andy Williams and those dudes from NT, and that's what it was. And like, you know, two yeah. years later, it was just like, where's the party? Whose house are we hanging out at this week? And I'm like, yeah. fuck this shit. I can't relate to this. You're like, post kind of like when the Buffalo yeah, Arco went to hibernation. I, I yeah. kind of like. Didn't go to as many shows because of kind of that vibe. Yeah, so it's and nice. Then, to know and then it was, I moved. It's yeah. nice to know it wasn't just me being a jaded asshole. Oh but no, actually, there was there was a definite like change. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't feeling the bands that were coming up. It felt like, it just felt like cool and pretty, and I'm like, yeah, it felt like oh, it's it, it, ugly and proud sheer terror style. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, is- yeah, like I kind of feel like. It's weird to say this that like that scene that kind of existed, it definitely kind of changed over, and what we had kind of I don't want to say died, mm. but it w- definitely wasn't the same. Yeah, like even dumb shit like so it's just like amalgamation of that and like a bunch of kids with like their like crew jackets on, yeah. but none of them would back it up. And I'll never like there was like a show at Broadway Joe's and we're hanging out and there's like a few dudes I was like. I don't remember this. It's not like their crew jackets on and just being assholes. And I right in front of all of them, like Mike Canfield took one of them and like basically ran the dude face first into the pole in front of Broadway Joe's. And all the dudes in the crew jackets were just like, <laughs> what a move. I'm was like, this, was this you- the same crew that uh, Jeremy Hall beat up like four of them in the street? I honestly don't know much about them. Um, I don't even remember what it was, but I'm sitting there going like, I don't have a crew jacket on with Mike and his brother, Chris. Yeah. But if one of you guys did that to him, there's going to be a problem. Not yeah. out, like out of a tough guy thing, but yeah. I mean, yeah. it's one of my best friends. That's You guys are all wearing matching jackets. And I'm like, I, I can't relate to this. And everyone else is just being cool. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So like, you know, with, with Revenge, I, that was kind of like the music was at th- like at that time where I think that's sort of maybe why there was that anger and that energy in it. Um, of just like. Yeah. Get back to the roots of what Buffalo was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, the the vibe Saturday night felt great at the show though. Like that felt like that felt like an old Buffalo hardcore show. No yeah. one seemed cool there. Definitely. Yeah, I'm bummed I missed it. Yeah, way to go, Chris. I you know the weird time of year when you don't live in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy to like. Like I, I wasn't the hugest Union fan back in the day, but like I didn't like Union was like the reunion I didn't know I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was great. Like it was, it was just cool. Like it, it was. You know out. what? Like I think that's a really fair point. Um, and I, I loved Union. I love those guys. I mean, they brought me on the road with them. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeffers like really like helped me like learn a lot about the scene and their culture. And those cats brought me on the road, and I, I yeah. loved their music. But I was kind of surprised when they were doing a, a reunion. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Like, I was excited about it, but seeing them play, like you said, I, you didn't know you needed it until you saw it. Yeah, Keith was awesome. Like, Keith was just, like, saying good shit on stage, and it was just, yeah. it was cool. It was very cool. 
it was, you know, I was kind of worried. I, I remember talking to Sandy, Jeffrey's wife, right before they started. I'm like, do you think any of these younger kids are going to, like, know them? What kind of response are they going to get? And she had this look of trepidation. She's like, I don't know. And I thought that was a pretty good response. Like, yeah, definitely. The, the energy was pretty good for them. So I was really happy for that. I was afraid that they were going to play and it would be, like, crickets. Hands and pockets, yeah. But it was cool. I didn't. I didn't think it would be like that. Yeah, because uh, okay. I know, like, I know a few people are kind of like, "What's the point?" But I didn't think it was going to be like that. Okay. Uh, again, I wasn't there, so I don't know how it went down. I thought it was. But, I thought they were well received. There was good energy for them. Good. Yeah. You know, not as much as for despair. I think it like think of yeah, what but it's despair. Like, but see, but that's exactly what it would have been like twenty five years ago. Union would have got a really good response, and then. Yeah. But it's despair. Yeah. Despair got a better. Yeah, it's, yeah. They sounded good, and I thought they they got a great response, and there was like great energy for them. So three guitar players, freaking awesome. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of glad they did that and didn't try to pick and choose because I know yeah. a lot of like the personal shit that went on with all that. I was actually as a person pretty happy to see them do all three of them up there. Yeah, yeah it was cool. It was you know, cool. I thought it was the right thing to do to have, to have Vic up there with Scott and Nucci and just I thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Union freaking was great. Like that was yeah. that was cool. It was just it was just cool. Like it was yeah, it was fun. Definitely yeah. a fun night that I wish Def I could relive every so yeah. often. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a reinvigorating night. Um, yeah, integrity was cool too. You know, that was they were cool. How right. was their set list? Not not good. <laughs> they, they, they didn't play all the classics so it was still fun I don't know it was cool. they, I, still they, think, they, I still think it should have been in the contracts they <laughs> they played they played while they sounded good it was just a lot lot more of their newer stuff and a couple yeah. of the classics sprinkled in so yeah. but they, they played and sounded good yeah they um, played Judgment Day that was cool that was that's good. cool yeah how was their reaction like how did people react to them Good. It wasn't as good as Despair or Union, I think, but it was still good. That, I was curious. Like that's kind of where I was going with this. Is if the Despair Union reunion actually needed integrity or not? And it kind of seems like it didn't. Well, because the crowd thinned out a little bit after after like Despair played. Yeah. I think I thought the crowd probably thinned out by a good twenty five thirty percent. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so. And I think a lot of you know, yeah. I kind of thought the same thing as. Dude, this, does this really need a headliner outside of despair? But after yeah. 25 years, I think there's a little bit of, you know, obviously Vogel with terror and being Vogel, everyone knows who he is, but is there still that demand for that band from 25 years ago? So well, I don't know if there was so, so that wouldn't carry clout. Yeah. Right. Well, you say that because like, I always kind of gauge how a band is going to do on a reunion by how their old records are priced secondary market and how their shirts sell like secondary market. Okay. And you laugh at me, but like it's reasonably no, true. It's... And, like, the spare records don't really go for a whole lot of money, and their shirts don't really go for a whole lot of money. So you don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, and, like I think even some people involved were kind of like, mm, we're not sure how this is gonna go. Like, yeah. You know, um, I'm glad that it went great. Like, I'm I'm yeah. totally glad that it went great. Yeah. Uh, but like until it happens, you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's that's why I was kind of pumped seeing so many younger kids there. I was worried it would be like all a bunch of like, you know, guys 45, 50 just standing there going, I'm not moving, man. I've got to work in the morning. I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah, the kids yeah. brought the energy. It was, it was cool. That's yeah. great. 
you know, like the, the kids were legit into it, and that was really cool to see. And you saw a couple of the old guys in there mixing it up. Yeah. Um, but I thought, like, I was actually, you know, got there early and really surprised and happy. Like, dude, there's a lot of fucking younger kids here. Like, I thought it would just be like, you know, a high school reunion, all old men. And like, to see those generations there and all that energy was just fucking killer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as I like to say, shout out Selfish Act. I think they bring a lot of young kids out, which is really cool. Like, was that, yeah. the, was that the very first band? Yeah, Selfish Act. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah, they were yeah. really solid. And the thing with those kids, like those kids, once they they're not playing, they get into the pit and mix it up. So that's that's like their claim to fame. So it's freaking awesome. Like those, <laughs> those kids, so those awesome. kids rule. <laughs> that, that that's still going, and that culture and ethos is still there. I feel yeah. like they go as a band to other shows too, to Mosh, which I think is yeah. cool. they just like roll up and they like mosh. they like put bounties on each other, <laughs> which I which I think is like it's awesome and like it's it's funny and awesome. Like you know, yeah. like yeah, break so and so's nose and you'll get a shirt. Like they're putting bounties out on each other. <laughs> <laughs> See that like that to me is fucking Buffalo hardcore in a nutshell. Totally. Like, yeah. Totally. Like, that's the shit that I fell in love with. Like, I mean, when I get on a hardcore, I was just this, like, awkward, like, fucking pissed off kid. Like, I can relate to that. I can't relate to whose house on Elmwood are we hanging out at? Like, right. Right. <laughs> like, like, that shit is, like, yeah. Like, yeah. it was just, like, you know, like, we sort of had that old feel like that where, like, no one was, like, flexing at that show and trying to, like, post up being, like, a hard ass. Yeah. But you could tell there weren't really any pretty boys in that crowd. Like it was just no. a bunch of hardcore dudes, and like that was fucking great to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely fun. Definitely fun. What else we got, Chris? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, we've only been talking for like an hour, and I feel like you've been talking for hours. Yeah, yeah but so much good stuff, though. Yeah. So, so let's get into let's get into the normal shit. Like let's let's get into like let's get into pizza. All right. What 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 is what's what's a great Titus Buffalo pizza place? Like what what's your go to? Don't have one. Really? Um, I'm gonna pull food snob rank. I don't. I'm not a Buffalo pizza guy anymore. Oh, wow. when did this happen? Done. Have a good life. No, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> I still like it. I still respect it. Um. <laughs> I've been to Italy four times. It's a fucking game changer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the thing: if I have to go Buffalo Pizza, there's only one place, and it's Imperial on Abbey. I thought you were gonna say because other people have mentioned Imperial. Yeah, they're, they're, that's where you're going. <laughs> like, yeah, when I moved to Senec, everyone's like Picasso's, and I'm like, I tried it, and it's just like salty. I'm like, yeah, Imperial mm -hmm. is the shit. I'm going to preface this by saying if I lived closer to Imperial, I'd probably be at Imperial way more often than I am now. Um, but yeah, I would have to go Imperial for Buffalo pizza. Okay. But I've sort of, you know, again, when it comes to food, you know, <laughs> I was watching, uh, I think, like the Great British Baking Show with my wife and they were doing like uh, the pizza margarita. And I'm like flipping out. That's not fucking right. You don't do that. You don't do that. That's fucking wrong. And she just looks at me and she goes you're a food snob. <laughs> it's like, I love you, but my God. I'm like, but but there's rules on this shit. Um, Wait, what's a pizza margarita? Pizza margarita, it's from the city of Naples. Um, the only ingredients in the dough can be flour, water, salt, and yeast. Okay. Um, the sauce is just San Marzano tomatoes and a little bit of olive oil. 
uh, mm-hmm. buffalo milk, mozzarella, and basil. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less, period. Interesting. And when you're like in Naples, like you have to like get it certified through oh fuck, I can't remember the name of the organization. And it's like it's like some like like real like there there are standards and competitions. So wow. My one lifter and I, who's he's also into food, like if we um if we're traveling for meats and we see like uh, an authentic like you know Neapolitan pizza place, we're like, we're fucking going there. Nice. So yeah, when it comes to food, yeah, it's a little dicey. Like it's to the point where I actually have like a little uh, wood fired pizza oven at home now, so I can rock out my own. Like, all right, yeah, because nice. you know who doesn't want to go do that on a thirty degree windy day? But you know, right, I'll fuck it. <laughs> so, so what took you to Italy four times? <laughs> Just dumb luck. Um, so I was chefing in an Italian restaurant while I was coaching. 2012 out of nowhere i get an email it's like hi my name is jack and i'm a weightlifter from rome i will be in buffalo in august i got your contact info from so and so i need a place to train can you help hi jack really nice to meet you give them all this information i don't hear shit back august i get hello it's jack i'm in buffalo when can i lift and like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? um Gave him the info. We're hanging out at the gym. Like the garage doors are open. We see a car drive up. This dude get out with like little skin tight bike shirts and a sleeveless shirt. And I looked at one of my friends. I'm like, yeah, that's the fucking Euro. Bet you that's the Euro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure shit. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> he, great. Ended up being a great kid. He ended up training with us for about a month and we got along really well. And about mm-hmm. three months later, turns out his mom is from Kenmore. Hmm. Um, dad mm-hmm. is from Rome. Born and raised in Rome, but he's got dual citizenship. So a couple months later, they're in town for Christmas, and his mom sort of like flippantly throws out, oh, you should come visit us. And I'm like, oh, you know, working at the restaurant. Yeah, I'd like to go here and here. She goes, well, you know, if you come, you have a free place to stay with us. I go, what? She goes, yeah, we live like a half hour north of Rome. You just need your flights, and you can just come stay with us as long as you want. And I'm like, What? Oh, okay, yeah. And I go back and I talk to the owners of the restaurant and they're like, you have to go. They're nice. like, you know, they're like, first of all, for the food that like we're, te- we're telling you as a person, you know, traveling outside the country will change you. It will give you a different perspective if you can do mm-hmm. this. So I ended up um, flying over there. I did not know the family's last name. I did not know their address. I did not have their phone numbers. All I knew was the last three weeks I emailed them about my travel plans. I didn't get a response. Mm. So I flew Philly to Rome going, I don't know if anyone's going to be there. <laughs> I get there. My Jack is there waiting for me. Um, and I learned that trip that don't make plans with Italians. It's fucking impossible. <laughs> okay. So, for example, we went, we got along great. Then his mom's like, come back anytime. I'm like, oh, Kathleen, I might come back in the fall. Emailed her, never heard back. September hits Jack's like, hey, mom said you're coming this fall. When are you going to be here? I'm like, dude, I'm not coming. I emailed your mom. She never answered back. Oh, you don't need to ask. Just tell us. You can come whenever. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) So over the years, Jack and I, um, when when a year later, we became close. Good friends. Um, he's a weightlifter. I started coaching him remotely. 2017, I flew over to coach him at Italian Nationals and actually watched him get bronze medal over there. Um, Very cool. Hung out. And then last time I went was this past August. He actually he got married. So I flew over to be at his wedding for him. 
Wow, that's very cool. So yeah. Jack is Jack has become like baby bro to me. He's just a great kid. Um, so some of his family were kind of like, "Why the hell? Like, who the hell are you? Why are you like, <laughs> like this? Like, this is great that you're here." But how? And his mom's like, "They met," and she goes, "Did you ever see two people meet and they just sort of like click?" She goes, "That was Giacomo and Steve, just right away." Nice. Um, Giacomo is kind of he's kind of grumpy. I can relate. I remember the one night like we're all having dinner with their family, and I say something, he starts laughing, and his mom's like. You got Giacomo to laugh? How did you do that? He never laughs. And he, he's just like a great dude. So um really lucky to just have a free place to stay over there with friends where even if it's, you know, I'm, I'm alone all day in the city, I'd have family to go hang out with at the end of the night. And Very um, cool. That's awesome. Just, just just really, really lucky to, to have that opportunity to, you know, to have a free place to stay all those years and someone that, you know, I was at his wedding now and, you know, hanging out with him, you know, the night of his wedding and the night before and the next day he's like, it was just, yeah, it's really, really fortunate. Yeah. That's really cool. That's awesome. Really, like really like, <laughs> you know, it just goes back to that like surreal life that I don't think 22 year old me ever would have you know, like, <laughs> vision living by any means. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So just, just really fortunate with that. Have you so, uh have you seen or heard Bad Blood? The band? I'm not sure. It's Vol it's it's a it's a current Vogel band he did with Dude. some young kids. It's him, Eric Elman, and the and some young kids. I think I saw them at uh the place next to Amy's place. Oh yeah, it, you were you went to that show? Oh, that's right, because yeah. My kid was like kind of boxing yeah, with, we, you with that oh, show. Yeah. Well, no, well, let's back that up. First, your kid mean mugged me for ten minutes. Your kid, yeah, like you know, like belly button high on me, just like flexing, mean mugging me. And next thing I know, we're shadow boxing. But yeah, that yeah. Uh, I went out to that. I didn't. That was packed, so I didn't even really get in to see them. I sort of heard them from a distance. Yeah, that that place is always kind of weird with shows because it's so yeah. small, and if you get a bunch of people in there, you can't see anything. But yeah, um, but I, I like heard... they're playing soon. They're playing in South Buffalo, like in a couple weeks. They're playing the Motherland. Yeah, they're playing at Casa di Francesca. <laughs> when is that? <laughs> the twentieth. God damn it! All right, if I'm in, like I. Uh... I know I have a competition in Pittsburgh that weekend. I don't know if the schedule is out yet. I'm like fingers crossed that everyone's lifting on the 21st. Yeah. And if it's the 20th, re I will reach out to you and get more details and go. Yeah, South Buffalo, the homeland. That's the, that's like seven blocks from where I grew this up. Is, is this the return of Steve Titus to Buffalo <laughs> Hardcore? Are we witnessing the return? I, you know what? I. You know, I came home Saturday night and I talked to, I just kind of mentioned to my wife, I'm like, you know, I want to try to get to more shows. Like I've been maybe two a year the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, and she was just kind of like, yeah, you should. She goes, I know what it means to you. Um, yeah. You know, I think the thing is, is I don't think there's like ever a conscious, like I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not done with that. Just life. Like, so yeah, life just gets in the way. Well, like, I mean, 2017, so if you like, you think about like some of like the, the bigger, more challenging things you're going to do in life, you're going to get married, right? Yeah. You're going to buy a house. You're going to sell a house. You're going to open a business. We did all that at the same time in nine months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was all at once. Yeah. Like 
selling my house, getting engaged, getting ready to open the business, buying a house, the wedding, everything, just go, go, go. And it wasn't like, okay, it's done. Everything's good. Like the next four years were just a blur where I was telling a couple people Saturday that like this past year was year six of the business. And it was the first one where it felt like I can have a life again, nice. where I like break off and like, you know, not have, okay, here's like my 15 minutes this week. I'm not stressed. I, I just want to be with my wife. Like, it's like, yeah. no, I yeah. have time. So, you know, it's one of those, you know, if there's a show going on and I'm around, I'm definitely going to try to make that effort to go, you know, that cool. part of me in there, it's just now it's more logistically feasible, I guess, to put it out. And, yeah. you know, my free time, I'm not a stressed out, exhausted mess, which was the case <laughs> yeah. for a few years. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely keep oh, it in the, in the loop as far as shows that are coming. Yeah, up, so. please do. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So to touch on the fitness thing again, do you yeah. follow or interact with other strength and conditioning groups? Or are you kind of like on your I'm, own? I'm kind of on my own. Um, there's a couple of like international level coaches from the country that I really respect, and they're really nice. And I kind of look forward to seeing them once there's once a year or so at national meets. Mm -hmm. But there's just so much bullshit alpha male posturing with weightlifting and strength coaches. It's fucking mm -hmm. nauseating. Um, I want no part of that shit. I really yeah, yeah. like that. Like I, I love coaching because I get to help people chase their goals. I like to like I get to help them better their lives. And I think there's something special with that. And I really enjoy it. And I work my ass off at it. But I, I don't have time for like all like the, you know, I hate to say it, but that's sort of like you see it a lot with coaches, like typical like jock posturing bullshit. Like mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. no time for that. So there's a couple of gyms in the area um, that I have really kick ass working relationships with in and just put it as people that are awesome. It's one of those like yeah. I like them more as people than I than I do as coaches, which says a lot because they're good coaches. But no, I kind of mm -hmm. just do my thing. Um you know, like lifters get really obsessive and they like watch videos all the time. And like the past 10 years, like, oh, did you see so-and-so did this? I'll be like, what the fuck is that? Or <laughs> is that any good? And I kind of had to explain to them. I'm like, look, guys, this is my job. I spend 50 hours a week doing this. I'm not watching in my free time. Yeah. I'm like, if anything, I do weightlifting in my free time. If it, it's got to help me become a better coach or help me be, be a better business. Other than that, I don't have time for it. Yeah. So I'm just kind of in my own little bubble doing my thing and pretty happy and content with that. Nice. Yeah, man. Very cool. All right. I think we can, can wrap, we wrap it up, it up there. Yeah. 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 Thanks for coming on, Steve. This was cool. I'm glad that this yeah, very cool. all happened. Uh, yeah. Thank you for reaching out. This was, uh, this was pretty surreal. It's, you know, like I know Chris, you're like, oh, you're returning, you're returning. Like, you know, I'm sure it has you know, I haven't been around much and it hasn't been like a big vocal part of my life, but even yeah, but the, 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 the ethos and the creed and everything, it stays with you. It just gets it does. turned into another direction. And, but I also look at it that, you know, even if Saturday night was my, the last show I ever went to for whatever reason, you know, I'd be able to look back and be like some of the shit that I did 25 years ago in a small way, in its own way, kept shit going for what's going on now. Yeah. You know, like not directly linear, you know, there's no like SPYC show to this, to this, to this. But the stuff that I did 25 years ago was a small part of that. And I'm sure the scene means a lot to kids and it's 
it's awesome to know that in some way, like th there was a part of that came from, from me back then. Um, you know, that even though life has taken me in different directions, like that still means a lot to me. Like I still, you know, so still sometimes like, you know, interact with other adults and I'm like, I, I can't fucking relate to you. Like, I, I, like you're good people and I really like you, but I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I'm just, yeah. no. Like, so it's, it's pretty cool to, to think that, you know, all these years later that, you know, still worth interviewing and, you know, hopefully some, some, some older folks hear this and are like, fuck yeah, maybe some of the younger folks are like, might be able to learn and glean a little bit from this, you know, yeah. If, yeah. if I can just, you know, take one second to give any advice to some of the younger kids, uh, if you guys don't mind, if you do find your life taking you like in a little different direction, keep a small finger in it keep a small finger in the community, like listen to the music, still keep a couple of those old friends around that'll keep you in the loop. Get out when you can, mm -hmm. you know, go yeah. those bands, even if it's not forefront in your life, like do what you can to keep a small piece of that with you. Um, Cause you, you never know when you, when you're going to need that again, and when you're going to need to tap into that and when you're going to realize what it means to you. So your know, life is going to take you all over, but just, just keep that little finger in there. Like just try to do that. Definitely. Wise words, sir. Thank you. Wise words. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This uh, this really it was an honor and pretty awesome. So thank you. And Chris, it's great to see you again. And yeah, man. Hopefully, we'll you. run into each other somewhere, somewhere, yeah. sometime. Yeah. Um. But if not, dude, it's awesome to see you again. Thank you for the kind words, and you know, you're following up with me with my cousin Bethany and stuff. That that truly means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, man. I need to, always. And uh, Mark, I'm sure I'll be seeing you around sooner or later. I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right. Take care, Have a good night. All right. Good night. See you. Way to the world. Pressing up my head. Get another day. I'll be better off dead. Who's coming at me? From every side. Yeah.